Hello and welcome to Digging In, Missouri Farm Bureau's podcast. I am Garrett Hawkins and I am proud and humbled to serve as president of Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm joined today by State Representative Mike Hafner, who represents the 55th District in Missouri that happens to just be just a few miles north of where we live and farm in Appleton City. So, Representative Hafner, welcome. Well, Garrett, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and I am humbled to be in this position, not only to be in the Missouri legislature, to be have an opportunity to work with Missouri agriculture. I appreciate what you represent. I appreciate what Farm Bureau represents. And I'm glad to be able to be in a legislator to be able to support the needs of the agricultural industry. Well, that's obvious in how you carry yourself and the work that you have been doing uh, during your time in Missouri House. But let's first talk about the common denominator here. You're a fellow farmer as well. Tell our listeners a little bit about your operation. Yes. And so I had absolutely no agricultural experience. But when I retired from the military, I married a Navy nurse and I asked her where she wanted to go after I dragged her around the country for so many years. And she said, I want to go home to Missouri. And so ended up coming to Missouri. I thought I was going to be an airline pilot, but uh, sometimes God has other ideas. And we were sitting on the porch one night, and uh, we took that uh, aviation possibility as a career, put it aside. There was an opening on a tree farm. I went out. I visited it for a week, watched the operation, and then I became a Christmas tree farmer. Oh, there you go. You know, and that's... I love hearing that because it just reflects the diversity of agriculture here in the state. You know, folks often hear me talk about the late Congressman Bill Emerson a little bit before my time, but he always used to talk about uh, that Missouri does it all except citrus and sugar. And certainly as we think about the opportunities in agritourism and what you're doing in forestry, it's just so cool. And that's one of the greatest aspects about Missouri Farm Bureau is that we represent the diversity of agriculture, the size and scope and types. And so just we're proud of you and thank you for your contributions to the agriculture industry, Missouri's number one industry. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And you've heard me say this before, but I'm going to say it here in that we within the legislature, there's not enough farming experience. And so we spend an incredible amount of time when we have agricultural legislation teaching legislature. And it shouldn't be this difficult because the economic engine of Missouri is fired by agriculture. And so we need to concentrate that. We need to be do a better job of making sure that legislation matches the needs of the agricultural industry. And that's what we're looking forward to as we go through these next couple of years. So during your time of service, you, you've it seems like you're always seeking and being willing to take on additional responsibility. And one of those responsibilities has been leading or co-leading the, the Joint Committee on Agriculture. And that leads to a lot of discussions, you know, as soon as session's over with and through the summer as you prepare for the next session. Just tell, tell our listeners just a little bit about that process and what it's meant to you to be involved at such a leadership level. Well, it's been an absolute great opportunity. And of course, the Joint Committee on Agriculture was put together because of Senate Bill 391, the CAFO bill, as that has been called. And really, it was about protecting Missouri agriculture and the right to farm. And it seems like even today I was in a committee hearing and we're going through that process again where the rights of farming are continually being chiseled away. And so what we did with the CAFO bill, what we're able to do with the Joint Committee on Agriculture is part of that. 
And so the process that we go through, we start right after the legislative session and we go through policy briefs, policy perspectives. We have very hard discussions. And eventually, as we go through the summertime, we funnel it down to individual pieces of legislation, bill sponsors, fiscal notes, both positive and negative, to better prepare for the legislative session as we get into the next year. Okay. That's really helpful. Really helpful to understand. So so now let's kind of fast forward. We're this past week, you have started the second half of the legislative session and what in many ways seems like it becomes a sprint to uh, the finish line, May 13th. Maybe give us a little bit of your perspective as you look at the first half, but more importantly, what to expect during the second half. Okay, and this has uh, been a very interesting legislative year because in the House, we have continued to do business, and I think we have we have passed some very good conservative legislation over to the Senate. And it's been different than other years. Uh, And I'll get back to how that has changed in the House, but on the other side, the other chamber, uh, just because of events, there has not been a whole lot of work done. And so I am very concerned, as I know you are. We've had these conversations. We had some problems with Missouri agricultural legislation last year specifically with the MAPS to tax credits, eminent domain. We could go down the list. Mm -hmm. None of them got passed. And so we are working very diligently on the House side to make sure that that legislation gets over to the Senate. And I'm hoping as we go through these last couple of weeks that we're able to get some of that good agricultural legislation across the finish line. And so we're going to have to see how that progresses, uh, but I'm deeply concerned about it. Well, I share your concern. You're right. I mean, in today, I just put out a commentary uh, about unfinished business. It seems like that's what we have to continue to talk about, that it's hard to to really focus on emerging priorities when we still have so many things that are left undone that need to to get wrapped up. And so I even the team, as we were thinking about this commentary, uh, we kept coming back to Bon Jovi's living on a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> that, that uh, hopefully we can do more than just living on a prayer uh, as we think about this second half of session. But uh, certainly that captures just how we're feeling as we as we look over the next few weeks. I guess on a positive front, though, we have seen action on HB 2005, the Comprehensive Eminent Domain Reform Bill that you are the sponsor of. So tell our listeners a little bit about the debate that's unfolded this week. And so uh, a little bit different emphasis than what we've had in years past. So in the past, we've had one eminent domain bill, the Protection of Property Rights. And this year, we chose to go with two bills. So House Bill 1876 was very similar to what we've done in past years, whereas this one with 2005, we're concentrating on fixing the eminent domain statute that we see the problems that have been exasperated through the Grain Belt Express. And so the previous bill was somewhat focused on transmission lines. This bill that we're doing now, and we started the debate just this week, went through the perfection process, is primarily concerned with, number one, leveling the playing field for Missouri farmers if they get into the condemnation process, but number two, fixing the problems that exist in the eminent domain statute. Well, through the hearings that have been held thus far during session, You've heard Missouri Farm Bureau talk a lot about Missouri being in the crosshairs because we are at the cross-section 
of the country, right? Absolutely. And, and certainly the the administration in power in Washington as they look to improve the power grid, which we all care about, um, we also have to take into account it can't solely be done on the backs of farmers and landowners. And that's what I hear you saying a lot as you're talking to your colleagues. Absolutely. And so a little bit of history with my wife's family. So they've got the family farm out in Lafayette County. And uh, Grandpa Johnny, way back in the day in the 1960s, he was fighting this same fight. And so there's some power lines going through the family farm right now. And we want to see the energy sector just explode. And we're in the crossroads, like you said, within the United States. We want to see that development. But it shouldn't come on the backs of Missouri farmers and ranchers. They should be protected. They ought to have their property rights. In the event that it is going to be condemned, it's going to be taken away from them. They ought to have a level playing field so they get fair market value when those circumstances arise. Well, we appreciate you know, your leadership on this issue. When I think about Farm Bureau and its storied history from the time that it was founded in 1915, private property rights have been one of the core fundamental issues that we have worked on. And you've heard me talk about eminent domain reform in 2005 and 2006 after the Supreme Court decision in Kelo versus New London that sent a shockwave across the country about eminent domain's use for economic development. Um, in this case, uh, with a homeowner, Suzette Kelo, I think was her name. And, and Missouri at the time set in place gold standard reforms gold standard reforms that other states were looking at, but no one could predict where we've gone now and where we are heading with power transmission, right? So so your bill very much takes this into account. Absolutely, and I appreciate your comments there specifically about economic development. We wanna see transmission lines, we wanna see power grids, we wanna see utilities that are gonna benefit Missouri. But if they're going to come through, they're going to condemn farmers' land, and there's very little benefit to the state of Missouri, that process is broken. And so in the case of the Grain Belt, 4,000-megawatt transmission, DC transmission line, it's going to have an incredible amount of power. But less than 6% of that power is going to be used in the state of Missouri. So the foundation of this legislation was taking a look at the process in which they were classified as a public utility, even though they're a private company outside of the state of Missouri. They were given that authority. So we took a look at what that application process was like. And more importantly, Garrett, more importantly, the checks and balances within the system, if something changes that the complaint process is actually used to benefit the farmers and ranchers to make sure that the situation doesn't go awry. And I think in a Grain Belt Express, we've seen just an exasperation of poor legislation, poor statute, and we need to intervene. Attention to detail is yes. what I see you is what yes. I see you doing. So for our listeners, let's see, is there one more step in the process before you can get it out of the house or, or where are we at? Yes, there is. So we have gone through what's called the perfection process. We have done an extended debate. It lasted over an hour and a half on the floor. But when we go through the perfection process, it is a verbal vote. And then by the legislative rules, it has to sit for 24 hours. It is in that sitting process right now. We are going to come back and hopefully Monday evening, we'll be back on the floor of the Missouri House of Representatives go through the third read. We'll go through that same debate again, but this time we'll actually be putting the but pushing the buttons and getting those yes and no votes. 
So what I'm hearing is, for our listening audience, Missouri Farm Bureau members and others, you still have time to talk to your House members and urge them to support eminent domain reform to protect property rights and support HB 2005, right? Yes. Okay. Well, we've got a long ways to go in the legislative process. We do. We do. Still got to get it through the Senate. We do. We we know. I mean, we've we've been down this road before. Yes, we have. But it is important lawmakers need to hear from their constituents and be reminded that property rights is paramount and should be a priority as we think about this second half of session. And Garrett, you bring up an important point because I've been in Missouri politics now. I'm in my fourth year. And one of the things that's been lost is the voice of the voters. And so I would encourage all of those that are listening to this, especially Missouri farmers and ranchers, get down to the Capitol call your legislators let them know what your views are especially on this type of legislation because it does make a difference so tell us a little bit more about what else you're working on that you have hopes for this session (laughs) well we've got quite a few bills that we're working on a lot of agricultural bills i am also handling the biodiesel bill Uh, we got that through on what we're calling the agricultural omnibus bill and Representative Brad Pollitt from Sedalia is the one that handled that on the floor. Multiple pieces of legislation in that, including the MAPSTA tax credits. We need to get that one across the finish line. So there were a series of bills in there. Uh, as I said, I'm working on the biodiesel bill. Uh, I've also got another property rights bill that I'm working on. Uh, hopefully that should have a committee hearing here in just a, a couple of days. But uh, additional pieces of legislation as well. But I'm primarily concentrating on these these agricultural pieces of legislation. Well, we thank you for that. Clearly, you know that the Ag Omnibus Bill, the renewal of those important tax incentive programs, as well as eminent domain reform, there are highest priorities. But also the budget is even more important this session as you think about you and your colleagues allocating, you know, federal dollars that haven't always been here that are here. The governor has a plan for broadband that you know we're supportive of. Just any thoughts on the budget process? Well, and this is going to be a very unique year, not only for this year, but in the next couple of years and for a couple of reasons. When I came in in 2019, the Missouri budget was $29.6 billion. We're looking at a budget this year of $47 billion. Wow. So that is a dramatic increase. Now, is a chunk of that the federal dollars? Absolutely. But we've got to be accountable as to how we use this. And I appreciate you bringing up the broadband because there have been multiple conversations, not only in the Capitol, but also throughout the district and, quite frankly, throughout the state of Missouri. Because I'm in the middle of a leadership run. I'm actually traveling the state of Missouri and talking about those policy perspectives that are important to us. Folks don't understand the impact of broadband, not only for small business, but also for Missouri agriculture. You talked about uh, agritourism, the agribusinesses, but more importantly, precision farming and the ability to use that and how critical that is to meet the needs of the people of Missouri. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I uh, was fortunate enough to be uh, appointed to the Federal Communication Commission's Um, Mm. second iteration of its Precision Agriculture Task Force that's focused on broadband availability. So my subcommittee that's focused on deployment has its second meeting tomorrow. 
And again, that's one more way that we here at Missouri Farm Bureau can trumpet the needs of farmers and ranchers. And so there are a couple of us, I think, State Farm Bureau presidents that have been appointed. And, and I'm just I'm thrilled to be able to to serve as a voice and hopefully a constructive one as we try to figure out some better policies at the federal level. Yeah. And Garrett, uh, I'm very appreciative that you're you're involved and at that level. And I want to make an important point here. So we went from $29.6 billion to $47 billion. But we're facing some very significant economic factors that are going to influence us over the next couple of years. We better be very careful how we're spending that money. With the inflationary pressures that are happening, you know what's happening overseas. The international uh, markets are being influenced by what's happening in Ukraine. The input cost for Missouri farmers is going up exponentially. We're going to have, it is quite possible, two to three years from now, we better be very careful how we're spending the money this year because we're going to have to make some significant changes as we go two to three years from now based upon how the market and the economy is changing. You're right. So let's continue to focus conversations on those strategic investments that we know uh, will help us bring the kids home to our communities, right? Those, yes. I mean, ultimately, I say over and over again, I mean, these are our tax dollars, but more importantly, the federal debt that's being accumulated will be paid by our children, their children, and so on. So it's so important that we steward these resources wisely. So thank you. Thank you for what you're doing, um, what you're doing there. And, and Thank you for the resolution that you also led on Ukraine. Uh, our members are asking all the time about the situation in Ukraine. I just visited with a reporter today uh, just about world hunger and what's going to happen as a result of this war. Ukraine is right in the heart of the breadbasket of that region of the world, and they're going to be, you know, the Ukrainian people are suffering, but there's going to be a lot more suffering as a result of what we're seeing. So, so thank you for your leadership on that issue. Yeah, and it's, uh, as you know, I've got a deep background, not only in international relations, but also in national security. So I was a forward deployed combat commander. Uh, the last time that I deployed was on the deck of the USS George Washington. I was a commanding officer of an F-18 squadron, but my background in national security, not only from an educational standpoint, but I was also a contingency briefer and a planner. And so the situation that's taken place within Ukraine we put together that resolution because as a superpower, what the world expects and what the world wants is for America to lead. And I don't believe that we're leading in this situation. And so that resolution factored in a couple of different things. Number one, leadership on the political level, leadership at the military level, leadership at the economic level. And all of those as a superpower need to coalesce in order for us to be effective internationally. Well said, and I think you've just really ended on a, a on an important uh, point. And thank you for your military service. Thank you for your service in the Missouri General Assembly. Thank you for leading, leading on important issues to farmers, ranchers, landowners, and really all Missourians. Well, Garrett, I'm going to say that uh, it's been an incredible privilege to be in the Missouri House of Representatives, but it's also an incredible privilege to be able to partner with you and what you represent, not only to the Farm Bureau, but to Missouri Agriculture. Thank you. Well, we got a lot of work to do these last few weeks. Let's stay after it. 
Let's go. Okay. That uh, concludes this edition of Digging In. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. 